It's Kansas and Cornhole, or is it Kansas and Canhole? No, I think it's the first one on tonight's Rocks and Dirt. Welcome to tonight's Rocks and Dirt. I'm Mike Carper, along with our producer, Todd. Hey, everybody. And our Steve McQueen of all things commentary. There's Steve. If I claim to be a wise man, well, it surely means that I don't know. (laughs) That's right, because we're talking about Kansas, the band. When you say Kansas, uh, a lot of people are going to go, oh, I love Kansas. They may not know that much about them. They've been known for three big songs. They, they've been around since 1974. And they're going to be known for Carry On My Wayward Son, Dust in the Wind. And, and Point of No Return was the third yeah. one, probably. And a couple of others, but that was the big, yeah. the big three. But, but what talent. And a lot of guys in the band, I noticed. That, yeah, six know. guys in the band. They had, uh, had a drummer, a bass player, uh, a singer that played keyboards, a guitar player that played keyboards. And uh, a guitar player that played the other guitar parts, and a violinist that sang. But the lead singer, Steve Walsh, played keyboards, and uh, their songwriter was Kerry Livgren, who played guitar. He wrote most of these great songs, and Steve Walsh sang most of them. And he harmonized with the violinist Robbie Steinhardt. They had a great two-part harmony together. Now, Steve, you had talked about this particular song. Uh, yeah, it was their first their first single on their first album. On Kirshner Records, Don Kirshner, yes, that Don Kirshner, the Don Kirshner's rock concert, and the guy that put the monkeys together in the '60s. Oh. He's the one that signed these guys to his label, Kirshner Records. Cool. And this is the first single. And he had, of course, he had them on. You can see it on YouTube. He had them on, on the, but his Don Kirshner's rock concert show. But Steve, I've never heard this song. It wasn't a hit. <laughs> their hit didn't come till their fourth album. Oh, this is Journey from Maria Braun or Maria Braun. It's really progressive. They were really a progressive rock band from America. Got kind of classically influenced, and they had a violinist. That kind of gave them an edge. Well, what does progressive rock mean? Well, a lot of the, a lot of those bands in the uh, early '70s, like Yes, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, yeah, Genesis, the early Genesis with Peter Gabriel, uh, Jethro Tull could be considered progressive or prog. A lot of keyboard, a lot of time signature yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah. And virtuoso playing and. Sometimes it was kind of overdone and pompous and real long songs. And they just weren't going for the pop industry at all. They were just wanted to play. No, but some of these bands would have pop out. hits a little bit, uh, like well, Kansas would. Uh, it's musicianship. But uh, they had some great songs. They had a great songwriter uh, in Kerry Livgren. Now, you mentioned Kerry Livgren. He was with them until 83, and then he went into Christian music on his own. They had a group called AD. AD. Yeah. And, and he actually won a Dove Award. Uh, yeah, which is the Grammys of Christian music. He's a great songwriter. Yeah, he wrote all the, the big hits. And they just happened to have, they didn't have any big hits until the fourth album, Left Overture. We'll get to that. I was in a band uh, in the 70s, and we, in honor of Left Overture, we like that title. We had a song called Get Overature. That's, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, Steve Walsh, great singer. One of the best in the world. This is from their, their second album, Song for America. 
Which, yeah, it wasn't a hit, but they were a big touring band before they had their big radio hits. And this is a, like eight-minute song written by Kerry Livgren. And I think he wrote every part. And Kerry Livgren played guitar, lead guitar, and keyboards. And Steve Walsh also played keyboards. And it, it does this instrumental stuff for a long time before the vocals even come in. It's got a great melody. And the band's still around. Kerry Livgren and Steve Walsh aren't with them, but they're, they're still playing these songs. Or they were before COVID. Man, I just jumped ahead three minutes and they're still doing this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there was a single edit of this. It didn't do anything. It was a bad edit. It's like a sweep. It, it wasn't uncommon for songs to go seven or eight yeah. minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm that saying. That 70s progressive nine era. minutes, Mike. Yeah. And it's great. But yeah, they wouldn't get put on the radio with this. No, back. it's... it's you know, hey, Peter Frampton could. Peter yeah, Frampton could write a 14-minute yeah. song to play okay. on radio. Well, they cut that, too, I think, on, the, on AM. AM radio they did, but FM radio. Yeah, they In the early days of classic rock, the uh, FM stations were playing long songs. Yeah. They probably got some airplay on that. But now the attention span isn't, doesn't, doesn't take it. Okay, this is the fourth album. And this is a huge hit. This went to number five. Written by Kerry Livgren at the last minute. They just threw it onto the album and it became a huge hit. No violin on this song. <laughs> Classic riff. This part right here. Half time, right? This is kind of a long song, too. There's a radio edit that was the hit. Of course. Always. It wasn't a bad edit. Yeah, I bought this single when it's I was a huge kid. song. It's a giant song. Yeah, it's like five minutes and twenty seconds. So they rock an American progressive rock band. Instead of most other bands were from England, but they had their own American stomp on it with now what can you tell me about John Elefante? He he also went into Christian music. Yeah, he was already in it before he he's the one that replaced Steve Walsh when Steve Walsh left in nineteen eighty. Keyboards and vocals. Yeah, and he sounded kind of like Steve Walsh, too. And they had a, a couple of hits later on in the 80s with, with John Elefante. Play the game tonight and fight fire with fire before Livgren left and the band broke up shortly. But, yeah, he sounded a little like Steve Walsh. So that was. This is the second album, the second song on the album, The Wall. No relation to Pink Floyd. three years before that. But Terry Livgren wrote this also. This was before Pink Floyd, The Wall? Yeah, about three or four years before that. The song, it's a song called The Wall. But Kerry Lippert didn't sing, but Steve Walsh singing this. And the violin player sang some too. He usually harmonized. Todd, the more we play, it's like they don't sing at all. <laughs> I know. A lot of good play. <laughs> long intros. That's good for the radio guys. They got a long intro. We they're great, though. Yeah, they're well liked. They're very popular. Great harmonies. Yeah, this is a lot. Kansas sucks. Hey, what? <laughs> we always leave it to Todd to shake things up a little. Uh, well, that's Todd at the TuxedoCats.com. <laughs> you like the hits, though, don't you? <laughs> Those guys are. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the first song. Yeah, here it comes. And this is written by Steve Walsh and Phil Ehart, the drummer, and uh, Robbie Steinhardt, the violin player. Terry Lipkin doesn't have a songwriting credit on this, oddly enough. Good stuff. Probably the third biggest hit. 
progressive, proggy. You know. Yeah, very distinct, very unique. You know it's Kansas when you hear this. Yeah, there's no mistake. Different time signatures. Yeah, this is uh, this is when I came in. Yeah, Henry had this. My brother had this album. And it had a huge surprise hit also, just like the last album did. But nobody expected it would be a hit. It doesn't sound anything like Kansas' other stuff at all. The next one. Yeah, it's the organ and the violin playing the same little line there. Hey, Scotty, can you do that? Yeah. Must have practiced. Oh, he could, yeah. He probably has. Who can sing it, though? Oh, look, I bet you changed keys. You can sing it. I oh, forget yeah, that. Change keys. That's another progressive rock thing. All right. Well, wait a minute. I guess prog is a style of rock music popular, especially in the 70s, and characterized by classical influences, the use of keyboards, okay. instruments, and lengthy compositions. That there sounds you go. right. Now we know. Now we know. Now what was I doing? What's the What's the big one? Dust in the Wind. An acoustic surprise hit. No drums or bass. Just acoustic guitar, vocals, and a violin solo. And a vo- wow, that is great. There's some There's some bongos at the end, but that's just the end of the song. So the drummer got to do something. And this is another thing that Kerry Lipper, and he he says he, he wrote it as a he didn't even write. He was just playing a finger exercise to get into finger picking. Yeah, he says like an exercise. And his wife said said, hey, that's a, you need to show it to the guys. That's a hit. He said, ah, it's not Kansas. And he showed it to the guys and said, Carrie, this is great. Let's do it. <laughs> it was their big hit, just like. It was like Eddie Van Halen when he was just warming up with Eruption. Yeah. And the guy goes, yeah. hey, you got to put that on the record. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Oh, that was your job to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. There you go. Yeah, okay. I said it shows to go. Yeah. yeah, that's Kansas. That's our featured artist this week on tonight's Rocks and Dirt. Brought to you by the Tuxedo Cats. Seen every Thursday night at the Crazy Cajun. Uh, whatever week this is, you can go to thetuxedocats.com and see where we're playing. We're, we're somewhere every every weekend, as are you. Uh, everybody's somewhere all the time. <laughs> I'm so profound. <laughs> TheTuxedoCats.com to find out exactly what we're talking about or go to our Facebook page. Anyway, time you have a question or you'd like to join our team, uh, you can uh, contact Todd at uh, Todd at TheTuxedoCats.com. Uh, we want to talk about cornhole tonight. Cornhole is a game. Yeah, it's a game. It's kind of played at like a tailgate parties and <laughs> uh, teams. You know, there's usually eight bags on one, in one side. Uh, decided by a corn flip, you're, by a coin flip, not a corn flip. You and they're little bean bags, and you throw them in a hole. You're throwing bags in a hole, and it is a very difficult game. But so is throwing M and M's in a shoebox. Either way, I mean, you could, you're just throwing something in a hole, and there's a real, a, a real. Apparently, there's some it. some skill and some. Is this uh, bags of indeed corn kernels? Is that where the cornhole name came from? Uh, uh, it yeah. used to be bean bags, but yeah, they, they look like bean corn bags, corn. and they've got some sort of maze. It's a complicated. Origins. It's a complicated game. Well, I'll just say that. Well, you it's, throw. It's the, very much like chess. You throw the. It's nothing like chess. It is the is it like simplest kind of. Cavemen were playing cornhole. You it's throw like, it on a on a board, and if it lands on the board, you get a point. If it goes in the hole. It's three points, and if somebody else gets it in the hole after you do it, it's erased. It's like so, billiards. It's a bit like billiards. You get bank shots. And, and the boys that I that I work with, this has become our recreation. And a couple of the guys 
have gotten really good at it. You do this? I, yeah. I have not gotten good at this, all right? But I've played with these guys. Do you practice? I Yeah, we practice. Oh, okay. And we've played in tournaments. Hello again, everyone. It's good to have you with us for this event. And there's event. a league in Tyler. Uh, there's a corner. I'm going to call my friend Fletch here, and he's going to give us the scoop on that. Now, yeah. now yeah. Am, am I going to be able to hear him? Uh, no. Through here? No. Okay. No, we've had Fletch before. Fletch, are you on? I can hear you. I think you okay. guys want to talk about okay. cornhole. Okay. All right. Now, I told Fletch that uh, my friend Fletch that we were going to talk about cornhole tonight, and he was very excited. Uh, whatever, he, whatever he was doing with his family, uh, his children, he dropped everything. Well, he didn't drop the children, but he dropped whatever he was doing, he, he, responsibilities that he's got at home. He said, you want to talk cornhole, give me a call. So that is correct. We appreciate that very much. Uh, Fletch, I was, uh, just before we, we brought you on, I was telling him a little bit about uh, just the, the basics of the game and that uh, you and I and a couple of guys at work have, have kind of taken on this hobby and you've you've taken it to another level uh talk about the cornhole league there in tyler well i wouldn't say i've taken it to a whole nother level i just uh it's brought out the competitive nature in me that i forgot it was in there so when you start doing something you know you kind of want to do it well and yeah. uh and, you know you find a way to maybe make a couple of bucks off of it and so you start playing with some guys who are really good and you know that competitive nature comes out and they start pushing you to you know just get better and better but the the cornhole league is really fun uh you know just a lot of different guys from not just tyler but all around east texas coming in to play in it and you know there are a lot of different levels they've got a backyard division which i think is pretty new which is just for people who you know, might get it on the board a couple of times then social you know a little better than that and then uh, D, C, B, and A. And so A is obviously the best and, you know, borderline pro. Uh, but it's just such a fun group of guys and girls. And, you know, we just go out there and we just have a good time and compete. It's, um, yeah, it's for the people who want to feel athletic who apparently aren't very athletic. Anymore. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, be in shape, except you got to bend over and pick up the bags. That's about as much shape as you got to be. Four bags, you throw them, right. the boards are 27 feet apart. Uh, and yes. and it gets down to everything from slick side of the bag to the rough side of the bag. If you shine up the board, the bags slide a little bit more. You got to line up the boards exactly. Uh, talk about some strategy that you've used uh, in the cornhole. You know that's a that's a good question uh, because there are people who have all kinds of different strategies, and I'm just the kind of guy. You know, I'm an offensive guy. I just if I put all four bags in the hole, then you can't beat me. That's I'm very offended. Yeah, and so there, there are people who don't necessarily play that way. I think uh, what I've what I've seen and heard other guys talk about, people who have been playing for a long time, I think there's a like a one two one method or one one two or something like that, to where you put a bag in front of the hole, and you force your opponent to do something strange, you know, maybe get into get one to the left or the right of the hole, and then you knock that one in with your second bag, but it stays. Yeah. So that you're playing defense and offense at the same time. And then on your third bag, I mean, it's just lather, rinse, repeat. Knock that one in, get that third one to stay, and then hopefully he's, you know, you're having to force what's called an air mail where you just go, it's a swish, slam dunk, basically. And yeah. then that fourth bag, you take that fourth bag and that third one both in so that you're forcing your opponent's hand and you get all four of your bags in. And I think that's kind of like the ideal way to play cornhole, the textbook four-bagger, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, not the way to play. I don't like to play that way. Uh, I'm not good at it. So yeah. I just, 
I just want to try to get the bag in the hole every single time. And yeah. sometimes that's easy to defend and you can throw me off my game pretty quickly. You can't lose if you get the if you get it in the hole every time. Todd was, uh, I think, half joking earlier when he com- he compared it to billiards. Yes. And it, it's almost uh, well. Yeah, you want to you want to. Yeah. Well, they can knock your bag in, and you can yeah. and you can. That counts for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you can bounce bag, your bag off of their point. bag. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think billiards. It's a. Uh, I think it's a fair comparison. I think we've actually made that joke at work a couple of times whenever somebody has put one in front of the hole like that, and then we come back and you know somebody throws a bad bag and like bounces off left or right or even you know helps the opponent whatever it might be, and yeah. you know it knocks theirs in, and it looks like the cue ball just going shooting off to the right or something goes off the board, and yeah. they get three points and you get none, and you're sitting there scratching your head like. What in the world just happened? There's there's a definite yeah. technique to it. You can't you don't. I mean, you can just throw it, but it, but there's form. Uh, there's mechanics. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a spin that you try to get. You want your bag to fly flat so that it'll land true. There's man, it was, it's a stupid game, Fletch. It's a I hate, <laughs> I hate this game. You know, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but I haven't had as much success. As uh, some of the guys there, you've done you've done well. You've actually you know won some some prize money in tournaments, and a couple of guys there at work ha- have have improved to a point where you can can compete on the local level. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the uh, the technique that's God such an aggravating part of it because you start to just overthink it. Yeah, you know you just get in your own head. And of course, yeah, there's there's always the what we call the potato versus pancake. I say we like a sort of club. That's not the case at all. I've just heard people talk about it. So I've got buddies that uh, I'm in a group text with and um, they, you know, talk trash about, you know, I'll take you down and cornhole this and that. <laughs> said, listen, you're a potato thrower or a pancake thrower? And one of them said potato. And I said, no, you're no, that's just the wrong way to throw it. You're not out. The right way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like you're just, you're really not that good. <laughs> um, and so yeah, there's the technique, you know, you just bring your arm back and it's like a pendulum basically. And you just let it fly and see how flat you can get it. And, I'm telling you, there are some people who are just ridiculous with the way they throw because they can manipulate it to where they can get it to turn left or right just whenever they want. And I'm I'm trying to do that. Like, you know, like, when I think like I have it figured ball. out. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a little English on it. But, yeah, you angle it in the air. Like on your release, you angle it. And when it hits, like I guess the weight distribution, I don't really know. I have no idea what the science is behind it. But when it hits... It just it goes left or right, and you know it has to do with the angle and the spin rate, and it just hits and goes exactly where they want it to. And then you know, as soon as I think I've got it figured out, then it starts going the opposite way. So that's yeah, Mike. When you said it's a stupid game, you're right. It's, it's a stupid a game. Stupid game. Yeah, I've been working on my own technique. I call it a knuckle bag. Ooh, love to see that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't spin at all. It just kind of drops yeah. and weaves and goes to yeah. the right and left, and <laughs> it bounces right off somebody's forehead into the hole every yeah. time. Yeah, and I think that counts oh, if you can little... bank it off somebody's forehead. I well, mean, I mean, if you call it, it counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off the rafters, off his forehead. So it's uh, Rose City Cornhole. It's a great organization. Yeah. Uh, the guy that runs it is it Craig. Uh, Craig, That's right. Yeah, he's a great guy, and he does a good job of, of organizing that whole thing. And it's a friendly group yeah. of folks. I've I have found it to be a, a pleasant. Uh, time uh, it's all good clean fun and yeah. some guys are just intimidating and i don't like them but uh the ones <laughs> the ones that are uh you know everybody's everybody's it's a good clean fun game so uh cornhole and, and uh, we're gonna keep it that way that's right that's uh, right it's all i can do as tempting as it is <laughs> some guys not. are intimidating and some are really really yeah. intense too 
Well, uh, <clears throat> good luck to you, Fletch, uh, on your cornhole endeavors in the in this this spring league, and <laughs> we we appreciate it. Uh, thanks for for chiming in with us tonight, and uh, I'll see you at work. This is the best podcast yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. I appreciate it. We'll see you. See you. You can play cornhole uh, at a tailgate party. You can play it. I've seen it played in church, you know, recreational centers. Uh, a lot of folks uh, getting on the cornhole bandwagon. And uh, my friend Fletch there uh, bringing us the expert expertise cornhole-wise. Uh, Mike and Steve and Todd during this podcast called Rocks and Dirt. Back in the day, that's all we had, and that's all we bring to you tonight. Coming home to see you, Lois. And until next time, for Rocks and Dirt and the Tuxedo Cats, bye-bye. It's Kansas and Cornhole, or is it Cornhole in Kansas? I think it's the first one. On tonight's Rock and Dirt. I need to do that again. (laughs) This is a take. Take two. That wasn't... That was the worst intro in the history of mankind. <laughs> Rock and dirt. <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> in trouble. With... Okay. I, I'm a professional. <laughs> I think it's hype for this. <laughs> We're just doing it for fun. It is my Stop. Make it stop. But Kansas, man. They're still playing that same song. It's, it's still going on. Song. It's still the intro to that That's song. Progressive Mike. Rock. Did they ever start singing? I don't know. Once I rose above the noise and confusion just to get a glimpse beyond.